Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It is July 22nd. On this very lovely Saturday, we are here to talk about AEW Collision. I'm back once again to talk about this show. So earlier today on Busted Open, I voted last week's Collision my weekly winner for the week of pro wrestling and all of the shows that we saw and covered. And so I feel like right now, given that it was one of my favorite shows last week, I feel like we had a pretty good show here today. Uh, I don't know. It's a, I don't know if you can compare it to last week's show because last week's show we had that really great match between FTR and Bullet Club Gold. Plus we had the finals of the Owen Hart tournament, but I would still say though that today's show gave me something to really be excited about. So I can't wait to talk about that and more here today. But before we get started in breaking down AEW Collision, uh, just a couple of announcements to make for next week. So heads up, Next week here on the channel is going to be a very, very busy one. Let me break it down for you. So I will, hold on, here it is. I was trying to pull up my schedule here really quickly so that I don't mess this up. All right, so Tuesday, obviously I'll be here for NXT conversation. Wednesday, AEW Dynamite conversation. On Thursday, I am going to be dropping a pretty big interview that's going to be dropping on Thursday, uh, somewhere in the morning around there. I'll be dropping an interview, so keep an eye out on that. And then Friday, I'll be here to talk about SmackDown. Saturday, I will be back again to talk about AEW Collision. And then Sunday, I'm going to be doing a watch along for the NXT Great American Bash pay-per-view. So it's literally going to be one, two, three, four, five, six, like six, seven, I don't even know, six days of content here on the channel uh, next week. So I'm really excited about all of that. Also, before I get into Collision, just a heads up for those of you who might have missed it. I have tons of new interviews that are up right now on the channel. My Cody Rhodes interview has officially surpassed 10,000 views. So if you haven't checked that one out, please do. He talks AEW all in. He talks about Dusty. He talks about WrestleMania. He talks about a bunch of different subjects heading into his a documentary that's going to be dropping on July 31st on the Peacock, American Nightmare, Becoming Cody Rhodes. Check out that interview. I also spoke with Brandy Rhodes. She told me what she's working on next when her new business adventure is going to be. I also spoke to Chelsea Chelsea Green, Matt Cardona, Kevin Patrick, DDP, uh, a bunch of really good interviews that are up there. Also, a brand new interview with Eric Young, where he kind of talks about why he left WWE. All that is here on the channel. So let's get to this, everyone. Here we go. Also, if you guys want to help support this podcast, y'all know the drill. Send in those super chats, and I will make sure to read your questions, your comments, your statements, your opinions, your hot takes, your cold takes. We'll take them all. Um, <laughs> can you guys tell I took a nap today, by the way? I woke up, did busted open, and I was so freaking tired. Oh, my God. Um, usually, I've been pretty good about waking up and doing busted open so early in the morning. And today, oh my God, I sat down and I was like so freaking tired. My eyes were drooping. But the second the show starts, you got to bring out the energy. But the second the show ended, I was like, I got to go to sleep. So I went to sleep, woke up, and now I'm ready to talk about collision. All right, here we go. We got our first two super chats of the day. Uh, we got one from Grapple Geekery who says, Ricky did nothing wrong. Oh yeah, Grapple Geekery. He did nothing wrong, not once, but twice. Grapple Geekery also sends in a super chat saying, also la wera loca, that was the Taya I love. And Johnny says, Buddy Matthews took notes from Will Smith. Hmm, okay. Thank you so much to Johnny for sending in this super chat as well. All right, so let's get to it. Uh, and since Grapple Geekery brought it up, I'm going to go ahead and start there with today's review. Uh, let's go ahead and kick it off with the women for today. And today's match, we saw Sky Blue versus Taya Valkyrie. And the thing to point out here is that I feel so Taya Valkyrie, obviously, she came into AEW and the first feud that she went into was with Jade Cargill. However, Taya wasn't necessary in the uh, plans to be the one to defeat Jade. That ended up being Chris Statlander. So after that, I kind of felt like after the Jade feud and when I realized that Taya wasn't going to be the one to defeat Jade, I kind of felt like Taya 
was a little bit, you know, with, you know, kind of didn't really have a real direction. And so we get this match with her and Sky Blue. And this was a pretty good match. And the reason why I in particular liked it was because it's clear that, okay, we all know Sky Blue is popular. We all know that she's popular. We see her all over the timeline. The people really like her. And Taya Valkyrie is, you know, she's a really great wrestler. Really love her. But they finally gave a little bit more to Sky Blue during this match. I think it's very obvious that AEW recognizes that Sky Blue is popular. And they gave her a lot more offense. They let her do a lot more in this match. Because I feel like for a very long time, Sky Blue was in that position where she would come in. She would have these matches. She would have moments. But for the most part, she's always been, you know, she's always on the side, right? Because she's still an up and comer, right? She's still up and coming. So I feel like they actually gave her a lot more during this match with Taya Valkyrie. So I really appreciated that. And I feel like it basically amplified this match a lot more and was a lot better than, uh, you know, some of the stuff we've gotten in the past. I feel like Sky going out there and just like chopping Taya, that was really freaking cool. But of course, Taya gets the victory with the road to Valhalla. And the second she won, I was watching this and I was going like, man, well, what the hell is going to be next for Taya? She got this win over Sky Blue, but this still doesn't give her any direction. And then it was like they read my mind because we now know what they are doing with Taya Valkyrie next. In fact, in fact, she took the microphone and she it was weird because I feel like she, this was very straightforward. She challenges Britt Baker and she challenges Britt because Britt got a victory that we saw on this Wednesday night's Dynamite. And she kind of buries Britt by saying like, oh, or she tries to throw some shots, not buries, but she tries to throw some shots at Britt Baker by saying, oh, you just beat enhancement talent. That's not a big deal. We've all done it. But I feel like it was kind of weird because in the beginning, the crowd was not really feeling Taya's promo, which I thought was interesting because we were getting like what chance we were getting like all these like, I don't know, like the like the crowd wasn't really feeling it. But I think once she actually made the mention of okay, I'm gonna challenge Brit, I feel like I saw a shift in that change where all of a sudden people were going okay, so this is what we're finally doing with Taya. And so they officially announced that at AEW Dynamite this Wednesday, we are going to be seeing Britt Baker versus Taya Valkyrie. Now, I feel that this was a very, very needed because, man, every Wednesday when Reg and I are here talking about AEW Dynamite, I cannot tell you how many times Pripple people bring up not just the women's division, but also Britt Baker in particular, because Britt Baker literally went from like being one of the very, very top acts to all of a sudden, you know, she's not really featured as much. The one women's match that we had on Wednesday was just a quick little match where Britt Baker gets a quick uh, defeat over Kayla Starks, um, Kayla Sparks, uh, by the way, happy birthday, Kayla Sparks. Uh, it's her birthday. So shout out to Kayla. Love her. She's adorable. Um, and so, she gets that win over Kayla and it was this quick match and nothing else. And that was all they had for the women. So I really hope that they make up for it this Wednesday. And I really hope that they give Taya and Britt a good amount of time. Cause if they do, I think you'll actually get something really nice and really solid there. And they could do a pretty good program there. I believe that. So, um, good stuff. Happy to see that we at least got some direction for Taya and clearly now Britt Baker, especially given that her buddy Jamie Hayter is, you know, out out of action right now due to injury. So let's get some thoughts in here. We actually got a couple of super chats. I want to thank you guys all in advance um, for these super chats. And um, let's see, let's go ahead and start off here with. Let me see which one haven't I read here. I'm, I'm going through these comments, guys. All right. Um, okay, this one's from Tim Weinerger Jr., uh, who's also a YouTube member. So thank you so much to Tim, who says, Tonight's collision was good. Cannot wait for next week. I'm next week. I'm going to collision in Hartford and I get to see Vikingo. Well, first of all, Tim, I gotta boo you. Boo. Just kidding. I'm only booing you because I thought it was funny that when FTR mentioned Hartford, uh, Connecticut, everybody started booing. <laughs> So I had to keep it going, but Tim, I love you. Uh, and it is exciting that you get to see uh, Vikingo. Stephen Marchuli sends in a super chat saying, please let Taya versus Baker be before 930 cool down. 
it, it really kind of does suck though that everybody already knows that you get the one match you already know what spot you're going to get that women's match and it's so easy for them just to switch it up right so i hope that i really truly hope that they give us something worthwhile there let's heat up taya Let's heat up Taya because she's legitimately one of the uh, coolest women's wrestlers out there right now. And let's get Britt Baker back up on top so that we got some people to root for, whether they're heels, whether they're the baby faces. We want to be able to have some interest in uh, the females that we got on the show. So let's hope for some good stuff there. Shelton Jackson, my bestie, says... Win if you can, cheat if you must. I'm good with that. Ricky did as long as this gives... I'm good with what Ricky did as long as this gives him the push that went away after challenging MJF for the title. My man, I cannot wait to talk about Ricky Starks. We'll do that in just a second. I got a lot of thoughts on that. Reggie Simmons sends in a very generous super chat saying just showing support. This show is dope. Thank you so much, Reggie, for all of the love that you sent in. We got a super chat here from Arza288 who says... Hot take. Here we go. What's your hot take? Arza says, hot take. The two worst in-ring performers this week were both from Chicago. One of them is improving, though. Are you talking about CM Punk? Who's the other one, Arza? Hold on. I'm blanking right now. You got to help me out here. You got to help me out. Who else are we talking about? Who am I forgetting? Someone call help. Someone help me out. Someone, I'm calling in the audience here. Calling in the audience here for the super, for people in the comments. I'll wait for you guys. All right. Uh, in the meantime, oh, people are saying sky blue. I was thinking you were thinking sky blue, but I don't think sky blue is bad at all. I really like sky blue. Uh, but there you go, though. That was your hot take. I appreciate the hot take. I love them. Grapple Geekery sends in a super chat saying, boo those fans for heckling Taya, especially for the what chance? The chance of the worst wrestling fans. <laughs> Look, Grapple Geekery, I ain't even going to lie. I love me a good what chance. But I love the what chance when it calls for it, when it's like, when it makes sense to do the what chance. And I don't necessarily think that the what chance necessarily made sense here in this Taya promo, but there are some instances where it does make sense. But all right, man, let's get to it. Here we go. Let's talk about the situation and everything that went down with Ricky Starks CM Punk, because that's the thing I'm really excited about. So let's get to it because there's a lot. Ricky Starks, winner of the men's Owen Hart Cup tournament. He comes out. He gets this massive amount of pyro. Uh, every time I thought that the pyro was going to, uh, did I read the super chat wrong? Hold on a second. Let me reread his super chat. Okay, here we go. Sorry, Arza288. I misread your super chat. He says, hot take. The two worst in-ring performers this week were both from Chicago. One of them is improving, though. Okay, I get it now. I get it now. You're saying that Sky Blue is the one that's improving. Okay, sorry. It took me a second, and it wasn't until the chat helped me out with that one. All right, back to CM Punk, Ricky Starks. All right, <laughs> so Ricky Starks, winner of the Owen Hart Cup tournament. He comes out there. He gets a ton of pyro. The man has so much pyro during this. Every time I thought it was done, it was over. It kept on going. I made a joke on Twitter that I saw more pyro in Ricky Stark's celebration today than we did all of 4th of July, man. There was a lot of stuff. And I'm including the whole weekend, by the way. If you live out in the ghetto areas, you guys know that people be popping fireworks for like a whole week straight. I'm not kidding you. Well, I'm talking about cut, like people are literally doing fireworks on a Tuesday at like 8 a.m. And I'm like, bro, don't you guys got to go to work? Why are you popping fireworks on a Tuesday at 8 a.m.? That's when you know, that's when you know you're not in a great area. <laughs> anyway, so he comes out there and he is talking about having won the Owen Hart Cup. And he's saying, you know, I have this bag and he kind of teases that there's something in the bag, but then he says that there's nothing in the bag that he just wants to show off his Louis Vuitton bag. And then even mentions his Prada shoes. Then he brings up the way that he defeated CM Punk, right? So he cheated, he held onto the ropes last week. And he says, we don't need to bring up what's right or what's wrong. What we do need to bring up is how sexy and how stylish I am. And then he goes on to bury some of the pillars he says, you know, I'm not even one of the pillars. 
I stand on my own. I don't even want to be one of the pillars because how many of them have won any Owens? And I thought that was really freaking great. And it actually reminded me of something that Ricky Stark said. I forgot which might have been revolution, which press conference this was. But when Ricky Starks went out there, one of the things that he said was that he wasn't one of the guys that was constantly pushed and pushed and pushed, um, you know, in AEW. Like he was one of the guys that basically built himself up and got himself to get that push, right? So that was something that I recall him mentioning during his media scrum. And so him kind of tying this, when he brought up the whole situation with the pillars and that little comparison, uh, it reminded me of what he had previously said during a media, a media scrum. So then CM Punk comes out to a ton of booze. And now this is where I have a question for those of you watching right now. And I also want to hear from this, who from the people who listen on the replay. I don't know how many of you guys have already picked up on this or how many of you guys have noticed this, but this is something that I've been seeing on Collision. One of the things that I've been seeing on Collision is we're not getting theme songs when the wrestlers do a run-in or when they just come out, right? When it's not like their moment to actually do a match. We're not getting the music. So if you guys notice, for example, when CM Punk came out during this, he didn't come out to, you know, his cult of personality song. He just came out to a tons of amounts of booze. So my question for you all here is, do you like this? Do you prefer them coming out to no theme song? Do you want the theme song? Does it make a difference? Does it depend? Because when you're doing a run-in, right? If somebody runs in, it, it, it is not totally believable if a person, you know, is coming in to make a save or something and then their music hits, right? And then they run in or... Or do you want the music still? And then when it comes to what we had here, which was the promos, do you want to hear the music when they come out or you just want them to come out? Because we had every, we'll talk more about everybody else who took part in this. But one of the things that we're seeing is that they aren't playing the music. So that's definitely something different because you see it, they, you see them do it on Dynamite, but they don't do it on Collision. So uh, let's see what people are saying. I'm, I'm curious about this one because um, I don't know what you guys are going to say. So um, let's see. Let's see what people are saying about this. Uh, let's see. MD89, B999 says, I'm 50-50. It all depends. Sometimes you don't need music. Mr. Team Bring It 123 says it adds more realism during a run-in. I agree. It is a lot more realistic, right? Because you don't have to suspend your disbelief of like, oh yeah, like the music guy had the music ready, right? But at the same time, it is a show, right? And a show, you got a bunch of people and you got performers and you also want people to have that reaction. And when the music hits, you're going to have the reaction, right? For whether you hate a wrestler or love a wrestler, it's going to garner a reaction. So it is more realistic, but then at the same time, the music helps with the reaction. D. Eddie says, um, Ricky thought they were reacting to him. I liked it. It's a good surprise. So that's another thing. When Ricky was talking and CM Punk came out, we heard a bunch of boos. The camera shot, when the boos started, we're still on Ricky Starks. The camera hadn't moved to CM Punk yet. It was like a couple seconds where you were seeing Ricky Starks and hearing the boos. So you didn't actually know that CM Punk was already practically in the ring until they finally got the camera on him. But the, the crowd had been booing him and that essentially ended up being his theme song was the boos. Uh, we got Ramiro who points out that it makes it more realistic. The Centrover brings up that it's more of an old school wrestling thing. John Deller said, that it doesn't really matter. Delora says it depends on the moment. Most don't need it though. Uh, Zeladon says he needs the song. It's for a big impact. Uh, so it kind of feels like people are 
I'm seeing more people lean towards it being okay with them not having the music. Tokyo Inoshi says, Collision is being more realistic with no music. I like it because nobody else is doing it. The Kayo Put says, cutting the music is just fantastic. Like old school wrestling. I hate the theme gimmick who does a run-in while stopping to say, hit my music. And here's the thing, right? With pro wrestling, there's a lot of things that we have to sometimes suspend our disbelief, right? We really do. Let's be real. We have to dis suspend our disbelief with a lot of different stuff. However, with this one, one of the things that like, eh, I guess, you know, it, it's definitely 100% more realistic, but at the same time, I can also suspend my disbelief and picture, I don't know, a wrestler running through and seeing the music guy and being like, yo, play my music, music guy hits a button. <laughs> Obviously that's not really how it works, but uh, you know, and guy runs out, right? So you can suspend your disbelief on that. We got Melissa Cabello also saying no music. Ryan Lambert says, I'm fine with them coming out to no music. Uh, Matt Hensley says, I like the no theme, the theme hitting, and everybody stopping and doing the come at me arms at the ramp is done so often. And Zeladon says, no music should be up only for the sneak up. Okay. All right. Uh, you know, I'm honestly surprised here. I really thought that a lot more people were going to choose that they preferred the music. So that's very interesting. Um, we got a super chat here from Delayed Gratz. Thank you so much to Delayed Gratz, who says, What's up, Denise? The Starks pyro and promo was fire. I'm seriously thinking that Collision is the A show in AEW. No music on run-ins. We're not children that need cues to react. <laughs> okay. <laughs> However, you're right, right? Like, all of a sudden, it's not like you got, you know, it's not like it's a, a TV show, right? You know, when you go to these TV shows that have the studio and you guys are there watching the show and you got the people holding up the cue cards like, cheer, boo, ah, uh, clap. We don't necessarily need that, right? So I feel like, I feel like depending on what your opinion is on this, I feel like it could be right on both sides, okay? Because at the end of the day, it is a show. It is definitely a show and you people are going to react when they hear their favorite wrestlers music but I do love the realism of it all and it's something that you are specifically seeing on collision uh delayed grats thank you so much for the super chat I appreciate it all right so now let's get into everything that went down with CM Punk and Ricky Stark so Punk gets out there to the booze and the first thing that he tells Ricky Starks is that he's not going to rain on his parade everybody thought that he was going to come out and be upset that he got screwed out of winning the Owen. And instead he says, I'm honestly proud of you, Ricky. And I'm thinking to myself, oh shit. Okay. He's proud of them, but why? And then he says, we can't come out here and lie to the people. I know that I've at once cheated at something. The people here have all cheated on something. And <laughs> let's be real. Rick CM Punk is right we all at some point in our lives have cheated on something all right i know i used to cheat i may i should re reveal this but like in middle school man i cheated on my math test all the damn time okay uh it's too late now my teachers can't come after me i already graduated so uh i'm cool i'm good i got a job so i can reveal this now but i suck at math Y'all know this already, and math was very, very hard for me in middle school, so I was always the kid that was like, yo, what's the answer? And I know there's a bunch of people here, too, that at some point cheated in school. So you know what? He's right here. But anyways, he tells Ricky, I can live with the L, but can you live with the win, knowing deep down that you can't beat me without cheating? That was good, man. CM Punk getting into his conscience. CM Punk trying to find the, the guilt inside of Ricky Starks. And so CM Punk leaves, okay? And I'm thinking, okay, he's going to leave him there, you know, with some question marks around his head and continue on. But instead, Ricky Starks then has a comeback. As CM Punk is walking down, he says, my bag is as empty as the little bag you have been carrying around. 
And CM Punk turns right back around. And then he tells them, you want a shot at what's in the bag, Ricky? Or are you like Max and don't want me to have it? And then he says, I am the real world champion. I'm still waiting for MJF to address this at some point because you got another man out here saying he's the real champion and he's got some valid points. Um, Christian and Luchasaurus, they end up coming out and Christian has the funniest line of all of tonight. He comes out there and he first of all says that he's contractually obligated to appear as TNT champion. He tells CM Punk and Ricky, this is taking way too long for my liking. I don't want to spend more time in New Jersey than I actually have to. And then he looks CM Punk dead in the eyes, dead in the eyes. And he says, what kind of man carries a championship? He didn't win. We need a sound effect, guys. We need a sound effect for this. Christian Cage had the nerve, the audacity to tell CM Punk what kind of a man carries a championship that he didn't win when this man has been carrying Luchasaurus's TNT championship. And check this out. You head on over to alleliterestling.com and go to the roster page. You'll see the champions all at the top. There is one champion who is not photographed with his belt, and that is Luchasaurus. My man couldn't even get a picture holding the belt. I love it. It's freaking savage. Darby comes out. This all leads to the main event match, which is going to be a tag team match between CM Punk, Darby Allen versus Christian Cage and Ricky Starks. Before I get to this main event, we got a super chat here to read. This one is from Zeladon, who says, Hey, Denise, not a wrestling fan. Question, how was the Barbie movie and how could she make it into wrestling? Uh, I did watch the Barbie movie yesterday. I thought it was really fun. Oh, wait, hold on. I thought it was going to be really funny. And there were a lot of, you know, ha-ha moments. But I actually found it to be a little bit more of a, uh, the, the message, right? The message, the overall message of Barbie is a lot about sexism and equality and, you know, at the, the patriarchy we got a lot of that going on and so i think it ended up kind of feeling a little bit more it, it had such a serious topic but they still found ways to insert comedy into all of that and i did enjoy that a whole lot uh, the only thing that i was thinking about though was i was wondering like i feel like it's barbie is more for adults than it actually is for kids, though. And I think I went into it thinking that it was going to be maybe a little bit more uh, for kids than for adults, which I guess in a way worked out, right? Because I don't want to watch kid comedy. I don't want to watch kid products. I ain't a kid, man. I ain't a kid no more. I'm a 31-year-old woman. I got to watch adult stuff. Uh, So anyways, I did like that. And yes, they can definitely make wrestling Barbie. I don't see why not. They got all sorts of Barbies. Anyways, I would definitely check it out. It was a fun movie to watch. Uh, 554K sends in a super chat saying, um, Denise, my math equals me getting a calculator. So I understand, but I did like this segment too. Thank you so much, 554K. And hey, man, some people just ain't blessed with the math skills. All right. Let's not shame them. Let's not shame them. Johnny sends in a super chat saying, now you and hubby have to see Oppenheimer. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know what that movie is about. Like, I have no idea. The only reason I know about it is because of all the Barbie Oppenheimer memes. I have no idea what the movie's actually about. I'm gonna be real with you. I don't even know who's in it. I don't even know what it's about. I might watch it though, because there ain't nothing else to watch. Uh, Johnny, thank you so much for the super chat. All right, so let's talk about this main event between Christian Cage and Ricky Starks versus CM Punk and Darby Ellen. So this here, um, I really liked that at the beginning of this, we had a moment where neither Starks nor Christian Cage wanted to actually kick off the match with CM Punk. I thought that was really funny. I like seeing CM Punk mock Starks with his little pose that Ricky Starks does. Uh, we had some really good moments. There was a moment right before the commercial break where CM Punk does a crossbody on both Starks and Cage, and it's followed by Darby doing a coffin drop onto them. I love seeing the crowd being split 
between cheering for Ricky Starks and cheering for CM Punk. They did also show Scorpio Sky watching in the skybox. This one kind of felt a little bit forced. I kind of felt like it was a subtle way to basically point out that he's also coming for that TNT championship, which he once held. But it did kind of feel a little forced where I'm not so interested in that element of the story yet, especially not right now. I've, I just cared too much about the four guys that we were seeing in this ring that I guess I didn't really care too much about this element with Scorpio Sky watching, but it didn't hurt at all. It just basically was a reminder that he's here, he's there, He's got his eye on that TNT championship. Um, there was another really cool moment where Darby does this dive onto Ricky Starks. And I feel like almost every Darby Allen match at some point we bring up his dives because they're really great. But it was really funny though because he hits one on to Ricky Starks, right? And it's brutal. Ricky Starks' body goes flying. Darby goes flying. Everybody's flying. But then he comes back in the ring and he does another dive onto the other side. And this time it's Luchasaurus. So he runs right into Luchasaurus and it's literally like landing onto a wall and Luchasaurus does not move whatsoever. And so Darby ended up causing, inflicting more pain onto himself than he actually did to Luchasaurus. So I thought that was really hilarious. And then the funny part too, was that Christian then tossed Darby Allen into the wall of the commentary table and it broke, right? And I'm thinking, I bet you, I bet you that Darby landing on Luchasaurus through that dive hurt a lot more than Darby being thrown into that commentary wall. Uh, so I kind of thought that was pretty funny. Uh, a good little moment there. Uh, we see CM Punko in there. He has this moment where he's body slamming everybody, knees to everyone, even does a cartwheel and a split-legged jump, uh, you know, getting a little cocky in the ring, which was really fun to see. He hits an elbow on Christian. It ends up being a near fall. We see Ricky Starks go in there. He hits a Rochambeau on Darby. It's another near fall. Finally, CM Punk gets the GTS on Christian on the outside. And then inside the ring, Darby is going for the coffin drop. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, this is going to be the way that the match ends. But instead, Luchasaurus ends up pulling the leg of Darby. So he doesn't actually get to execute the coffin drop. And so then you end up seeing this back and forth between Starks and Darby Allen, which we see Ricky Starks get the victory over Darby the exact same way that he defeated CM Punk last week. So now that's going to be Ricky Starks' thing. Cheats, holds the rope for leverage, gets the win, wins for his team. And the thing that I mostly want to summarize in regards to this is that the CM Punk-Ricky Starks confrontation felt big time. All right. I was such a fan of this. And the reason I was a fan of this was because we know that CM Punk is a big star, right? We know he's up here. Ricky Starks is still a new guy. He, he the depending on what feud he's in, depending on what story he's in, it's going to like make or break him. Right. And so with that being said, when Ricky Starks was in the ring with CM Punk, I really felt that he matched his energy so much to the point where it wasn't one of those things where like CM Punk's such a big star that he just completely overpowers Ricky Starks. We did not get that at all. I felt like it was evenly matched in the sense that Ricky Starks brought his freaking A game against CM Punk. And one of the things that I even mentioned last week was, oh, they don't even have to circle back to this just yet. They could circle back to this down the road. But now after this confrontation that we got between them, I am most looking forward to the story between CM Punk and Ricky Starks right now on AEW Collision. To me, that is the creme de la creme of the story that they can be telling. Obviously, aside from what we've been seeing between FTR and Bullet Club Gold, the CM Punk Ricky Starks stuff is the things I'm most excited about right now. And I also feel like Man, I think more people need to be talking about Ricky Starks, man. I know that people already like him and they know what he can do. And, you know, he got really hot heading into that feud with MJF, but clearly MJF wasn't going to be losing the championship. And so the whole thing after that was they needed to keep the momentum. He goes into this feud with Chris Jericho. And I think on paper, they probably thought that was going to keep Ricky Starks' momentum, but it didn't end up necessarily working out. And the babyface stuff didn't end up working out either. So now we're getting more of a heel Ricky Starks or maybe even a tweener. Because at one point, he didn't feel like a tweener because you have 
Ricky Starks is the heel. He's doing heel things, but the people were still cheering for him. And so he does kind of feel more so like a tweener, but I just freaking love what they're doing right now. I love seeing Ricky Starks getting the rub from CM Punk, and it feels like a pretty big time story as part of the AW Collision brand. So I was a big fan of all of it, man. Uh, we got a lot of people saying that Ricky brought it tonight, and I think you guys are definitely right here. We got a couple more super chats. This one is from Sheldon Jackson, who says, also, let's not forget that TNT's social media page states that Luchasaurus is our champion, not Christian Cage. Steven Marchulli sends in a super chat saying, uh, Ricky Stark starts to heal. Stark starts to heal run reminds me of the corporate champion Rock heel run. And I know people are always making that comparison between Ricky Starks and The Rock for you know a lot of things, but I really do think that Ricky Starks is holding his own and being his own version right now of himself. It's just hard because a lot of people keep bringing up and making that comparison, right? Uh, Steven, thank you so much for the super chat as well. All right, let's keep it going, everybody. Let's keep the conversation moving along. So anyways, thumbs up on the CM Punk Ricky Stark stuff. I'm all here for it. Uh, let's get into Miro because Miro is, um, you know, what did I say? They still don't seem to really have a clear direction for Miro just yet. So clearly part of the, part of the attraction to seeing Miro on AEW Collision was that, hey, we hardly see this guy on Dynamite. And here he is. This is the land of the misfits. Where we're seeing all the people that we rarely get to see on Dynamite. Here they are on AEW Collision. Well, Miro has a match with Nick Camarado, another guy that we rarely see. Uh, I didn't even realize. I don't think this match was promoted ahead of time. And if it was, I completely missed it. But Miro comes out. He's attacked from behind by Nick Camarado. And Nick Camarado's a beast, man. That guy has the look that if you see him, I'm like, yeah, this guy, he'll kick my ass, right? It's exactly the look that Nick Camarado has. And Nick goes out there. He attacks them. So for the first portion of this match, he pretty much has the upper hand. But Miro clearly gets it afterwards. He hits him with a bunch of suplexes, then gets him with a big boot, locks in the game over, and actually wins this match. So this was really just a win for Miro. But the question is, what is Miro's direction? I feel like at this moment in time, they still haven't necessarily gotten me to be like, damn, I'm really excited about what they got Miro doing on the show. I feel like they really need to get to things for Miro a lot faster because we waited so long to even get here. So cool. Thumbs up. Nothing much else I want to say from here. Uh, and we got a lot more people saying thank you, by the way. YT reminds me that they just said Miro was going to be in action. Um, yeah. And that was another thing, like Nick Camarado is a guy that like, same thing, like I said, he has a really good look, but we just hardly see him. We hardly get to see him. And I, I want to see Nick Camarado like more, a lot more. I like Nick Camarado. He, he's, he's kind of just been there. So I, I don't have like a reason to not like Nick Camarado. So I want them to give me a reason for me to like get excited. Like, let's do this. I like Nick Camarado. Uh, Delayed Gratz sends in a super chat saying, this collision episode cemented AEW as putting on the best wrestling on TV this week. Too bad more folks watched Ellie Knight get ruined. Drama. I don't know if Ellie Knight is necessarily ruined, but it ain't looking too great, guys. And I broke that down last night on Friday's night SmackDown post show that I did. If you want to watch that, it's still up there. You guys can check it out. Metalhead for Life sends in a very generous super sticker. Thank you so much to Metalhead for Life. Uh, you've been killing it with all these very generous uh, super chats. So I'm sending you over some great karma your direction. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. We got a delayed grad saying Miro getting attacked by Nick was super credible. I like that. I, it was smart. Miro's clearly a beast. So it made Nick Camarado look like he had a game plan. It didn't end up working. But you know what? He had a game plan, so they did something there. But let's see what else we got. This is from Mac Hensley, who says, Miro just being Miro isn't enough for me. I want him in a good story. These matches where they just hype it up as Miro in action should be on Rampage. And here's the thing. This is exactly what I was trying to get to, is we waited so long to see Miro come back. We 
and these Miro in action type matches are kind of all turn out to be the exact same thing. So I feel like they just need to get to it faster, man. We need to figure out what they're doing with Miro. They need to tell the people what they're doing with Miro. They need to give us some sort of clue as to what they're doing because yeah, Miro in, an act Miro in action is only going to do so much for you, right? But ladies and gents, holy cow, we got a brand new member to the DWO. Um, welcome to Zeladon, who just became a new member here of the channel. Zeladon, thank you so much for uh, joining. For those of you who do not know, if you do join as a YouTube member, you get exclusive content. Um, I've been posting up different types of videos. I posted a vlog for Forbidden Door Week. I posted a recent video that um, I reveal the interviews that I was most nervous for one of which included an interview that I will never re watch in my life because I'm so ashamed of it. And, and, and not like in a bad way, like in an embarrassing way. But I talk about that in that video. I also did a recap of every single WrestleMania rewatch them up. All of those um, videos and more are up there for YouTube members and more to come. Arza. 288 says, there's not much story you can tell with squash matches. How much is Miro's lack of story due to his rumored aversion to taking a loss? Uh, aversion to taking a loss. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I know there was rumors and reports out there that, you know, Miro didn't want to do this, wasn't interested in that. But at the end of the day, we're not behind the scenes. We don't know what's true, what's not, right? Like we only got, you know, reports and you can only do so much with that, right? Um, I don't know what is really I think at this point, I think at this point, something, sometimes I wonder if it's just like, maybe they don't have a story for him yet. Maybe they don't. I don't know. Right now, it doesn't feel like they do. Right now, it kind of feels like these matches are just a way to have them on the show while they're still figuring out, okay, what are we actually going to, you know, shift gears into? Like, I feel Miro should definitely be in the TNT title picture. I don't see why the hell not. Uh, I know that, you know, Christian Cage is doing his whole thing, but I still feel like you can somewhat include Miro into that. And part of me also feels like with guys like Miro that they're almost trying to protect them because they don't want to see them lose or get into these stories where it's not their time yet. And so because it's not their time, then all of a sudden we just don't get anything that's meaningful with them. And so that's a little bit of where I feel that Miro is right now. So yeah, they got to switch things up. Got to get there faster. Zeladon sends in a super chat saying, Denise, do you watch Dark Side of the Ring? I've seen tons of Dark Side of the Ring episodes, tons. Uh, I don't think I've seen anything from the new season, though. I am behind on the new season, but uh, everything from like from prior to this new season, I've watched pretty much every episode of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, I've, I have missed a few though, but I tend to watch them on uh, like a later time on replay and stuff like that. Uh, Zeladon, thank you so much for sending in that super chat and asking that question. Um, all right, so let's press on from here and get into another topic that is a pretty hot one here. And that is the House of Black. The House of Black, buddy, Brody Malachi taking on the acclaimed and Billy Gunn for the AEW's trios championship. Now, the big thing to talk about here is, all right, before we get into the match, match essentially starts off with the acclaim. They go out there, they do their rap, but they don't get to finish it. Buddy runs out there and bam, knees Max Caster in the dang face. I don't know why that took so long to do. So I do, I, I love Max Caster, by the way, so I prefer the raps, but it makes sense for the guys on the opposite side to go out there and be like, smack, you're done, you know? So anyways, uh, I love how commentary had a lot of fun with this match, making a lot of references to the pink versus the black. I thought that was pretty funny. Commentary was having a good time with this one. Even a uh, shout out to uh, Ian Riccoboni and um, Nigel McGuinness for the mentions of Molly Ringwald and Pretty in Pink. I popped for that. So anyways, the point here is House of Black wins. But the big thing to talk about is what happened afterwards. After this match, so Billy Gunn's the one that takes the pin here. After the match, Malachi kind of whispers something to Billy Gunn. I don't know what he says. We don't know. And he kind of does this like sort of a hug. Not like a big hug, but like an embrace. He puts his hand on his head kind of like this. I don't know. 
I don't know what that meant. But the second he did that, I'm thinking something is going on here. What is going on? And I thought they're going to do something where Billy Gunn maybe feels deflated because it was clear right away. They had that shot of his face where he's looking really bummed out. I'm thinking, well, what are they going to do? Well, turns out that they had Billy take off his boots, both of them, leave them in the ring and walk out. Basically signifying that he is done, that he is done, no more. This is the end of the line. And he leaves the ring and the acclaim is just standing there watching him and they're really sad. So prediction time. What is going on here with Billy Gunn? Is he really retiring or what the hell are they doing here? What's happening? So Billy Gunn has been a big, big focal point in terms of being part of the acclaim. He has really gotten over with the daddy ass stuff, with the scissor me daddy ass and just everything that they've been doing. I don't know what Billy Gunn's plans are in terms of how long he wants to continue, you know, being on the road, being part of the TV show. I have no idea. I truly do not know. So I don't know if this is Billy Gunn's farewell. I don't think it is right now. I think that they're going to continue to tell a story because I don't, I can't imagine Billy Gunn's real retirement literally just being this. Uh, so I feel like we're definitely going to not see Billy Gunn for a while, maybe, but I am expecting him to come back at some point. I don't think that they're done telling the story with the House of Black and the acclaimed yet. It's just a matter of if and when. But I do not think that this is Billy Gunn's real like ta-da goodbye uh I hope not because if not then it's just like what what that's it no way no way uh so I love this though I love this and I do hope that we go a good time without seeing Billy Gunn so that if and when he does come back uh I can only imagine a huge reaction for that uh so We'll see. I don't know what they're going to do here, but I also want to see them. I think the acclaim losing the tag team titles really, really hurt them. Not in a way where like the act was ruined or anything like that, but it did somewhat stall that momentum that the acclaimed had. So I don't think they're feuding with the House of Black, who are the AW's trios champs for no reason. I really hope that down the line, we might see the acclaimed and perhaps even Billy Gunn as the AW Trios champions. I don't know. I feel like they should do that. That would be a great freaking ending. Um, but again, I guess it all depends on what they're really doing here with Billy Gunn. Is he done? Does he no longer want to be on the road? Who knows? We'll find out. All right, uh, someone says, uh, a Zella Don U YouTube member says, Hall of Fame time. We got predictions. Johnny, Billy Gunn going back to WWE. I don't know. MD says, Billy Gunn is Billy Dunn. Okay, stop it. That's hilarious, actually. Uh, really hilarious. Uh, I, <laughs> funnier than... <laughs> I laugh at dumb stuff. I really, really do. That was pretty hilarious, Billy Dunn. All right. <laughs> All right, stop it. <laughs> Metalhead for Life sends in it's a very generous super sticker. Thank you so much to Metalhead for Life. A shout out to you, man. I appreciate you uh, and your generosity for sending this in. Y'all are keeping me, y'all are keeping me funded. Y'all are keeping me going. I appreciate it. Scissor me, daddy ass. All right, moving on from here. Uh, we got a um, from YouTube member 554K says, I wonder if this was Billy Gunn's last match or if the rest of his team are going to be successful in convincing Billy Gunn to change his mind about retiring per storyline. We'll see. Um, we got one here from Boggs Biaga who says, I feel like the acclaim kind of needed him, but they've gotten so epic that they can move on. It's true. Like they're not going to need him forever, right? Like they really are not going to need Billy Gunn forever, but the act is a lot more fun when you got somebody like daddy ass all right it's not like anybody could just be called daddy ass all right it's got to be billy gut it's got to be billy gut all right um so there you go that's what we got here um 
let's get into we got a couple we got two more things to talk about and then that'll pretty much be a w collision for today uh the other thing that we got to talk about is ftr so ftr has a promo here tonight and they basically come out uh tony shivani's interviewing them and they say that they still have unfinished business with teams like aussie open the acclaimed the young bucks who they all refer to as real teams and then they mentioned MJF and Adam Cole. Now, MJF and Adam Cole are loved by the fans. So anytime FTR kind of shit on them during this promo, the fans weren't having it. They were like, nah, we like you, FTR, but we also like MJF and Adam Cole. So that was a little bit of the reaction that we were getting. Cash, though, Cash basically tells, looks straight in the camera and tells Adam Cole, like, dude, you should not be trusting MJF. And then I loved this additional part because he says, anyone remember the pinnacle? And I was like, yeah, we all remember the pinnacle. Um, And so he reminds us that he saw who MJF really is day in and day out. And I love that they brought that up. And he tells them, do not trust MJF. And then we get Dax and Dax basically says that they're going to, um, they're going to promise an ass, an ass kicking and that they're not going to become the tag team champions and they're going to retain. So that's where we're at next week on Collision. We are going to be seeing that MJF Adam Cole match against FTR. And also for those of you who did not see, apparently that t-shirt with MJF and Adam Cole, the better than you baby t-shirt is one of the best selling t-shirts that they have done like for this year or something. So damn. Pretty kind of crazy, actually. And the shirt's like, okay. Like, the shirt's pretty nice. I mean, I personally wouldn't wear it. It's not really my style. But uh, damn, you know what? Good for them. So I almost feel like from the business side of things, like, dude, I don't know if it's time yet to break up this bromance between Adam Cole and MJF. But moving on from here, uh, we did get a quick match between Bullet Club Gold and um, Darius Martin and Action Andretti. This was a really good follow-up to Bullet Club Gold's uh, match that they had last week, that one-hour bout, which we talked about in great detail last week against FTR. They go out there, they get their win. Jay White hits the Blade Runner, gets his victory for his team. Good stuff there. Really nothing else to say other than, you know, a good follow-up for what they did last week. So next week for AEW Collision, we are going to be seeing that FTR-MJF Adam Cole match for the tag team titles. Uh, I'm not expecting to actually see MJF and Adam Cole defeat FTR. I feel like they don't really need the belts here. Like you already got MJF as your AEW world champion. And I feel at the end of the day, that's the big story that we're going to see between MJF and Adam Cole is that Adam Cole is going to want that championship. So I don't feel like they need to sacrifice the tag team titles to continue telling that story. Um, Buddy Matthews versus Andrade El Idolo is going to, are going to be having a ladder match. Um, that was something that was announced on the show. So that should be really fun. We're also going to be seeing a six-man tag. The Guns are going to be partnering up with Juice Robinson to take on Vikingo, Action Andretti, and Darius Martin. That should be a really fun one. Hopefully we get to see some cool stuff. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. They also made a um, they also made a couple of announcements for matches that you're going to be seeing on AEW Dynamite on Wednesday following Blood and Guts. Uh, this Dynamite, we're going to be seeing Orange Cassidy versus AR Fox. This was something that we already knew. Darby Allen versus Swerve Strickland, a feud that we have seen. And it seems like they're, uh, well, we have already known based on what they've been doing the last couple of weeks that this is still going clearly. So, uh, but we've seen Darby Swerve and you know, it's going to be good. We're also going to be seeing Britt Baker versus Taya Valkyrie, which we talked about earlier. Hopefully they give them a good amount of time. We're also going to be seeing a, uh, Three-way tag team match. We're going to be seeing John Moxley team up with Claudio Castagnoli to take on the Lucha Brothers and Best Friends. Looking forward to that. And Pac versus Gravity. I see what you're doing there, Tony. I see what you're doing. And we're also going to be hearing from MJF and Adam Cole. That's what's going to be happening on Dynamite. We got a super chat here from Jared Clark who says, Newark, New Jersey hates Hartford, Connecticut. What happened to the United States of America? Keyword United. 
yeah man they were sick booing connecticut uh i thought it was just like a wwe thing right like that's the reason why they're booing connecticut i don't know I don't even know why everyone hates each other now. That's the that's the way that I took it. I took it as like anytime Connecticut gets mentioned in AEW television, people are like, boo, boo, Connecticut. I don't know. Jared Clark, thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it, man. Alrighty, everyone. There you go. That was AEW Collision July 22nd. Friendly reminder that next week there is going to be content up here every single day starting Tuesday. Tuesday, I'll be here for NXT Conversation. Wednesday, I'll be back with Righteous Reg for AEW Dynamite. Thursday, I will be dropping a new interview with a WWE talent. Looking forward to that one. And then Friday, I will be here for SmackDown. Saturday, I'll be here for Collision. And then Sunday, I will be here for a watch along to watch the NXT Great American Bash. So we got uh, six days of content next week and our last super chat we got one from zeladon brand new dwo member who says denise who you got in the world cup no usa oh man i feel so bad that you sent a super chat for this because i don't know anything about the world cup i don't know i didn't even know that was happening right now is it happening right now i don't even know uh i don't really follow soccer so i have absolutely zero idea i'm a very casual viewer i only watch the world cup or any of that stuff when it's like happening happening i don't know i'm one of those people guys i'm one of those uh all of a sudden i care about soccer people that's me uh zaladon i'm so sorry that you spent your super chat asking me about the world cup <laughs> oh man i feel so bad md89 says denise doesn't watch sports here's the thing guys i watch sports but i don't watch sports let me explain uh, sports are always on this TV, okay? But I don't actually watch. I only watch if I actually care. If I care about the game, I'll watch. If it's something newsworthy, I'll watch. But I'm not like a religious sports fan. I'll go to games too, by the way. I go to games. I cheer for teams. I cheer for a lot of teams. I, I cheer for, for the Oakland Athletics. I do really like baseball when I watch it. Uh, I cheer for the New York Jets. I know people are booing me right now. By the way, I freaking got bullied the other day. It was great, actually. I got bullied the other day because when I came back from Atlanta, Georgia, so I don't know how many of you guys have been to LAX, right? Uh, so in order to get to the Lyft Uber area, you have to take a shuttle. It's called the LAX sit shuttle. And so you get into the shuttle and then they drive you off into the Lyft Uber area so that you can go home, right? So I got off, I came out of my terminal and I really wanted to get home. I didn't want to be at the airport any longer. So I see the LAX at shuttle and I run to it because I already know it's about to leave and I make it, I make it to the last and final stop. And I'm thinking, oh my God, I made it. I'm here. I didn't have to wait for the freaking shuttle for like 20 minutes. I made it. And then the bus driver starts yelling at me for wearing a New York Jets sweater. And he looks at me and he goes, New York Jets, what are you doing? And so it was really funny. Obviously he was kidding, uh, but the whole entire bus freaking filled with everybody had to know that I was a fan of the New York Jets. And so everybody was making fun of me. And so I just had to stand there and take it. Anyways, good times guys good times by the way if you come to la and you're not wearing an la sports team uh you will get bullied okay i get it if it's the lakers if it's the dodgers i get it right but damn anyways got bullied jared clark sends in a super chat saying stardom should make more iwgp women's championship belts example iwgp north american women's championship and iwgp world tv women's championship i feel like across the board people are always talking about how they want to see more championships for the women i feel like we're always seeing that um zeladon says you took rogers from us man i you know i really hope that aaron Rodgers is actually able to get the Jets their Super Bowl win. I really hope it happens, man. I feel like it just has to happen, right? Hopefully. If not, it would really be a bummer if it didn't happen. Uh, Zeladon, thank you so much for the uh, super chat here. Um, all righty, everybody. Come on, Colin says butt fumble. Y'all know already. 
Y'all know. Um, Boggs Biega says you're in Green Bay. Oh, hell no, I ain't in Green Bay, guys. I'm out here in beautiful Los Angeles, California. Uh, <laughs> all right, everyone. That is it. That is AEW Collision. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me this Saturday. And I'll see you back here next week for tons of shows. I appreciate you all. Have a beautiful and awesome weekend. We got one more super chat from Sheldon Jackson who says, Bestie, you should have known better. You chose to wear that. I have so much Jets gear, guys. Like, all the sweaters in this house are jet sweaters. We got jet blankets in here. We got freaking jets, freaking towels for the bathroom, guys. Like, I don't know how to tell you this. I got a big giant jets foam finger in the freaking, uh, I live with a big jets fan. So that's how I get dragged into all of this. I, 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 I get bullied by default. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> All right, I'm done, y'all. Sheldon Jackson, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, appreciate you guys all very much. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye. <laughs>